What's really interesting about this is that you quit drinking because you were concerned about other people. Right. And you quit doing drugs because you were concerned about what it was doing to you. I'm happy because I know that that smile is always available to me. So I told my friends, you know, I called my friends up and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm leaving for Washington, D.C. tomorrow and I'm going to go walk if somebody took my van. Welcome to the Unlocking Happiness podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. Collectively, our community builds a better world. I believe life is made up of moments. We have short moments, long moments, good moments and bad moments. We make sure that all of your life moments are filled with meaning and joy. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the internet happiest podcast. Now let's unlock happiness. It's not about the miles. It's all about the smiles. That is the message today with my guest, Eddie Rodriguez, joining us here on Unlocking Happiness with Amy Dix. Thank you so much for being on the show today and happy Fire Up Friday. Thank you, Amy. It is so wonderful to be here. I'm so honored. And it is a fabulous Friday. I mean, it's fantastic out there. The life is good. Things, you know, things are just rolling along beautifully. And I hope they are for everybody else. And it's just so beautiful right now. Thank you. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, life is beautiful. I mean, I feel like sometimes we get down in the dumps of all the chaos maybe that's going on in our world or the world. And if we can keep like perspective, then it's really all good. And uh, (laughs) it's all beautiful. And as we sit, we're recording on a Friday. I don't know that the show will get released on a Friday. But uh, as we record on this Friday, it is a beautiful Friday and uh, happy to have you on the show. So you have quite an amazing story. It oh, you have one I mean you have one of those stories I don't even know where to start with your story. <laughs> so uh, but I do want to give the listeners a real feel for who you are, some of the challenges that you've really overcome. I mean, I would say that you've overcome more challenges than 10 people combined in a lifetime, right? So let's kind of start with, you know, where did it all start? Like, when did you feel like your biggest life challenge hit you in the face? Oh, I'd say probably that was when I was drinking and and I was an alcoholic and I was in the army. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that I had, it was my birthday, you know, the day before was my birthday. That night I went out and I got really, really drunk. I came back and, you know, it's just, it was not a good hangover, <laughs> <laughs> but I went out to my car and my car was supposed to be parked head in and it looked like I had parallel parked. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was in three spaces. So I started oh, wow. walking around the car going, you know, because I, I knew I drove home mm-hmm. and I started walking around the car going, you know, is there any blood? Is there any dents? Is there, you know, who could I have hit? What, who could I have killed? You know, what could I have killed? And I made the decision right then. I said, you know what? I'm never, ever going to get that drunk again. And what ended up happening is I never got drunk again. <laughs> so you made like a decision and then that was just that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's a snap decision. 
So I think that's interesting because that takes a very strong willpower. That takes a very strong mind. I don't know that everyone has that ability. Mm -hmm. You know, some people have to seek help in order to kind of make that change. So tell me, like, you never really went through any programs or anything. You just made the decision. And then that was that. And then how did that kind of like affect your life? Like, do you feel like instantly you knew that was the right thing to do or? My my why was much bigger than what the problem was. You know, why stop? And I felt like, you know what? I don't ever, ever want to kill somebody with my car because I'm not, you know, I'm impaired. No way. It's not going to happen. Right. So it's just was so powerful to me that, you know, there was no other choice. I could not get that drunk again. And I didn't get drunk again. You know, and everybody's like, you know, Eddie, really? Seriously? You know, you were drinking like a fish, you know? And I was like, yeah, but not anymore. Not yeah. anymore. So you said it was your birthday. How old yes. were you? I was 21. 21. And so you've been sober for how many years now? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm 63 now. All right, do the math. Like 100 years. (laughs) (laughs) Not you do the math. The listeners can do their own math. (laughs) Get out the calculator. I always joke I cannot do math in my head. I'm one of those calculator babies, I guess. But but, no, 40, 42, I think 40, 42 plus or 40 plus years. So uh, congratulations. I honor you for that. I think that is absolutely amazing. You know, whether people have a, whatever their relationship with alcohol is, I'm a big believer that it needs to be a healthy one. And that's different for different people. (laughs) You know, myself, I have changed my relationship with alcohol over time and so happy about it. You know, My brother has been sober for, I don't know, maybe four, four or five years now. Mm-hmm. You know, his relationship with alcohol is a lot different than my relationship with alcohol. <laughs> and so both, but both of us are in healthy places, but that doesn't yes. mean that we're in the same, like, it's not that I don't drink. It's just that I now have a healthier relationship with alcohol. So I right. think that's like an interesting topic to kind of talk about sometimes because a lot of times I feel like people either you're all in or you're not, but really <laughs> I believe that um, you can still have a healthy relationship yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it means different things to different people. So yeah. anyway, I honor you. I think that's amazing. Thank you. And it obviously has changed the trajectory of your life and oh, yeah. awesome. But so I was still doing drugs. Okay. <laughs> so let's go down that. Okay. So you okay. Stop, so that's really interesting because Wow. Okay. So you stopped drinking, but you continue to do drugs. Yes. And okay. and here's here's another funny point is that yes, I did stop drinking, but it doesn't mean that I don't ever have a drink. Because I can sit down and have a couple of drinks. I do it maybe three, four times a year. I might have a couple of drinks. I've never gotten drunk. Okay, but I do have the ability to take a couple of drinks. And if I start to feel a buzz after one drink or two drinks, I just put it down and that's it. Done. Bye. So. <laughs> so that's the healthy relationship, though, that I'm talking yes. about, right? Absolutely. So in your case, one to two, a few times a year is okay. Like yeah. my brother will say, absolutely, like uh, at this point, anyway, he's like, no, I could not have one beer. Like I just couldn't, you know? Yeah. So that's his 
connection and relationship right. for you. It's not to get to a point where you get drunk. It's to not even sounds like to a point where you get buzzed. Right. No. So that's awesome because <laughs> I think so, because you've been able to determine what your boundaries are and what your limits are. Yes. So you stop drinking, but you continue doing drugs. What, like what kind of drugs are we talking about? Well, I mean, it just depends on what phase I was in at the time. But, okay. you know, like when I was in the military, I did acid. I was doing cocaine, you know, smoking pot, doing quaaludes, speed, things like that. You know, so I was doing a variety of drugs. I never did. Oh, what, what is that? Uh, heroin. I, I never. Well, I think one time somebody slipped me some heroin, but I didn't know about it. But I never mm-hmm. did those as, you know, an active drug that I do. So, uh, but yeah, I, I pretty much ran the gamut, the thing called tick and all that, you know, so I was, I was very wow. much. In the I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So how many years did you continue to use drugs after you, you stopped getting drunk? I'll say. Well, let's see. I six more years. Okay. Six more years. Yeah. And then and that, where was your defining moment? In the bathroom. <laughs> I went into the bathroom and, you know, for some reason, I, you know, we go and you brush your teeth and things like that. I never looked into my eyes. And this morning I walked in the bathroom, I sort of brushed my teeth and I, I saw myself for the first time in years. I saw myself and I did not like what I saw. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, right. who the heck are you? So I did not recognize myself. Mm. I was so skinny, you know, so frail looking and I was just. You know, I was in bad shape. So I kind of put my head down and I thought about things and, you know, going, man, Eddie, what kind of path are you taking? You're going to die. And I looked back up, looked into my own eyes, and I literally said, Eddie, do you want to live or die? And I answered myself out loud again. And I said, no, I don't want to die. And so I walked out of the bathroom and I was I was living with a, a fiance of mine. And I said, I just quit drugs. Are you going to quit with me? And she said, well, let's do a line. Let's do a quaalode. And we're talking about it. I was like, no, what part of this do you not understand? I just quit right. drugs. She was not yeah. the same. She was not yeah. in the same headspace as you were. Yeah. And yeah, I did it one more time after that. It was about two weeks later. Did some lines of cocaine. And then I wound up on somebody's porch and I was crying my eyes out saying, I can't believe I did this to myself. And then mm-hmm. never did it again. What's really interesting about this is that it sounds like you quit drinking because you were concerned about other people, what you might do to somebody else. Right. And you quit doing <clears throat> drugs because you were concerned about what it was doing to you. Yes. And so the reasons were very different, but yet yeah. the outcome was still the same. Same thing. That's re- so, yeah, that's really, really interesting. Okay, two so very defining moments in my life that I absolutely love that I went through. Oh, I love that. I love that you say it that way because yeah. I'm sure it wasn't easy. Right. Like when we (laughs) tell the story. Yeah. It's so funny when we tell stories like this, we're like, and then I decided in that moment that I'm never going to do this again, you know, from the outsider hearing that it's like, yeah, 
awesome. Then he never did it again. But we fail to think about all the hard times that come after that, right? As we're listening to somebody else's story. So not an easy story or not an easy feat to accomplish. Again, I honor you for this. I think that that's amazing. So, so now you are drug free, alcohol free, you know, to a healthy extent. So you overcome that. And I'm curious to know, you also built a house with your family (laughs) and with only a chainsaw and hand tools, built it from the ground up. I'm wondering, was this inspired by something? Did you just want to take on the challenge? Were you forced into a situation where that's all you had at the time? Like what brought you to that moment? Well, you know, it's really funny because you never know what life will bring you and how the you know the little twists and turns that you're going to receive. And I moved to Tennessee. Okay, had a very successful business down in Miami, Florida. I was doing handyman work, you know, and, and was into construction and things. And so I decided, you know, the family was like, okay, we're going to move to Tennessee where the kids could be in a K through 12. Okay, so all the kids would be in one school. They could keep an eye on each other. Not so many drugs, you know, no gangs, things like that. So moved up there and the people that I moved into, you know, we rented a house and moved into that house. And the people there said they wanted me to remodel their house. I said, okay, fine. You know, I spent four months trying to get bids together in order to be able to, to, you know, remodel their house. So, cause I wanted to give them Tennessee bids, not Miami bids. But anyway, mm-hmm. I ended up having to leave that house because nobody would hire me. I'm Hispanic. I'm Cuban. And so as soon as the people in Tennessee, and I'm not saying all the people, the people in Tennessee are great. Okay. Mm-hmm. But trying to get work there with the last name Rodriguez, and you're in a town of 900 people, you know, they, they weren't as open as they are today. And they weren't as open, you know, as, as like larger towns. So anyway, that kind of, we couldn't pay our rent. We lost everything. And so we had a property in 77 acres and we decided, you know what, let's move out to the property instead of trying to rent someplace else and take the chance of, of you know, not being able to stay there. Let's just move out to the property and build a house. You know, but the problem was there was no electric. There was no water. We moved out there with two tents. Okay. It's me, my three girls, and and my wife at the time. And uh, we moved out there and the tents leaked. Oh, man. Yeah. So when when the tents leaked, you know, I stayed in the tents and the girls went into the Toyota 4Runner and they slept in there. Okay. So it was funny. It, It just, we did it because we needed to do it. And the thing that I've learned from all of this is that when you need to do something, go do it. Don't don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Just go. Go do it. Get it taken care of. And that seems to be a pattern in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, I, I said, okay, we, you know what? We got to tell you other forerunner. I got to go to work. I had to go to Nashville, which is 80 miles away. Oh, man. Okay? And then when I came back after work, I was like, okay, now what? Well, we got to build the house. So we turn on the lights for the forerunner and I started cutting away with a chainsaw. You know, and then the kids, I had a little, like my, one of my girls was eight years old at the time. She's taking a hammer. She's like, pow, 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 pow. She's missing the nail every single time. And then she (laughs) hit it and it would bend a little bit. And I'd say, don't worry about it. Here, let me put another nail in for you. And she, she just kept going. I mean, the whole family did, everybody did. It was, it was just amazing. So we built a structure of a house. 
four walls, one window, one door, and of course the floor and roof, and moved in. Wow, what a lesson. How old were your girls at the time? Well, it was eight, 10, and 15. Okay, so for the most part, can be helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But uh, okay, interesting. So how long did it take you to build the house? It took us about a year. And so you lived in the tents for a year? No, no. We lived in the tent for a month. We built the structure. There was no interior walls. There was no drywall. There was no anything. Okay. But we. it took us a month to build the structure of the house. So Got the, it. The walls, the ceiling, you know, putting in that one window and that one door. And then we basically moved into a shell. Wow. And then and then what you started building it out as you financially could afford materials? Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And and being in construction, I was on a lot of jobs where you know they have leftover materials and things like that. So the people that I was working for were like, Eddie, do you want that? Eddie, do you want that? Eddie, do you want that? And I was like, Yeah, (laughs) I'd bring it home and install it in house. That is awesome. And then how long did you live in that house? Uh, we lived in that house for about four years. Well, then we moved. We we sold that house and we moved to uh, South Carolina, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Let's talk about your next challenge in life. So you've endured some big challenges, I would say, up to this point, you know, yeah. alcohol, drugs, finance. But man, you conquered all of them. And so <laughs> your next challenge in life revolves around your daughter. Tell us what happened there. Well, my daughter was in Korea. And her and her husband, her husband was in the military and they got into a moped accident. They fell down. She hit her head and she had a cerebral hemorrhage. And so she spent 45 days fighting for her life. And then she passed away. And were you able to see her since she was in Korea? Like, did you go over to Korea? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I I, my my wife and one of my daughters flew over there immediately. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then about a month later, I, could, I couldn't stand it being here. I was, I was trying to take care of my business. My, I had brought in a business partner that had ripped off my business, and I was trying to rebuild my business. And so I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I just got to go. The heck with the business. You know, it will be there when I get back. So I flew over there, and two weeks after I got there, she passed away. And how old was she? 27. 27. So that is really heavy and something that obviously nobody ever wants to have to go through ever, ever, ever. And so I can only imagine what that trip home might have felt like, might have been like. And here you are again. I mean, are you saying to yourself at this point, like, why me? Why is all this stuff always happening to me? Does that cross your mind at all? Honestly, no. I was, um, excuse me, I'm sorry. I was trying to make sure my wife was okay. I was trying to help her through this. I was, you know, so I put all my focus on her and and the kids, you know, to make sure that everybody in the family was okay. I was a disaster. I was a mess. You know, I'd, I'd break out crying and, you know, it was just sourcing that can never happen, mm-hmm. you know, and so it was very, very rough at the time, but I never did ask. And, and through everything that I've gone through, I've never asked why me. I don't know. I just don't, you know, because it's not like I'm being picked on. It's not like, you know, I'm, I'm being taught, you know, I'm being given lessons. It's like everything that happens to you in your life, 
is a lesson. Nothing's happening to you. Things are happening for you and you're being given something, but you have to have your heart open enough to receive it, to know that, you know what? This this isn't something that happened to you. No, 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 no. Learn from it because inside everything that happens in your life, there's a gift. And sometimes they're, they're huge gifts because they're really bad gifts. The ugliest gift that you get in your life, nine times out of 10, that's where you're going to get your biggest reward, your best gift. And through my daughter, I got a huge gift, huge gift. I just had to find it. Just have to dig through it. And, and what did you is. find when you started digging? I found the smile. My daughter was very, very happy. Happy-go-lucky girl, and and she was she was absolutely amazing. I mean, she when she was in Korea, she was teaching the Koreans English, okay, so that she could help out and she could have something to do, and you know. But she always was, you know, that type of person that was happy-go-lucky and you know smiling and things like that. And it's kind of funny because I'm kind of like that as well. You know, I, I have that personality where I go bouncing off walls and things, you know. So it was about a year after my daughter passed, and I had a cerebral hemorrhage four months after my daughter passed. I had a cerebral hemorrhage and I was in the hospital. My ex-wife asked me a question. She said, what do you want for your birthday? I was depressed at the time. I still hadn't found that gift. Mm -hmm. I was depressed. And I started thinking about it. I said, monetary, I I don't know, a Lamborghini, maybe a Ferrari, uh, you know, something like that, or or buy me the Exxon building. I don't know. Those are bad jokes. I'm sorry. But, uh, (laughs) I try my best, but they always come out bad. (laughs) Um, But anyway, you know, all I could think of was I wanted people to get along for one day. If everybody could get along for one day, that would be awesome. How the heck do you do that? You can't. I know it's impossible to get everybody to get along for one day. However, I also know that I can get as many people as I possibly can to smile when I'm around them. So I decided that, you know what, I'm going to start collecting 10 million smiles. Now think about this for a moment. I'm depressed. I am not happy. You know, my, my business got ripped off. My daughter passed away and I had a cerebral hemorrhage in a matter of nine months. So how the heck can I be happy? Right? No smile. So what do you do to go out and help people to smile Help them to be happier in their lives and teach them the good in life if you're like. Correct. If you're frowning all the time. Correct. So what did I have to do? I had to find my smile. I had to find my happiness. I had to find my joy. And I faked it till I made it. And people say, well, that's not real. Well, guess what? (laughs) Yes, it is. Because you can do it. You force yourself to be happy. You force yourself to smile. You force yourself to keep going. Yeah. But you don't do it in a way where it feels like you're forcing it. You do it in a way that you know is going to uplift you. It's going to make you happy. It's going to make you smile. So I started listening to everything that I could find that was funny and, and made me smile and made me happy. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. Just keep moving forward. Yeah. You having a bad day? Dress up, show up, and go do it. That's right. It's a That's choice. That's all there is to it. Right. So do you think that you smile because you're happy or you're happy because you smile? I think it's a combination of both. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I know I'm happy because I know that that smile is always available to me, no matter what. You know, and I have a thing called emergency laughter. And if I fall into a thing that's, you know, 
something's going wrong. I started laughing out loud. I mean, I was at, I was in the hospital when I when I had Mercy, and I had a, a doctor that was packing my wound. Okay, I had a wound that was probably about that big. So about the were, size of a half dollar. Yeah. And, you know, they were taking a piece of gauze, it's probably about this long, and they were taking taking a, um, like a Q-tip with no tip, no mm-hmm. cotton. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like a little stick. Mm-hmm. And they're sticking into this wound. And they're hitting it. And I had no pain meds. None aye, whatsoever. Aye, aye. Yeah, because the doctor wouldn't wait. She was right there. And she wouldn't wait for me to get my shot and, you know, wait 20 minutes for it to affect my body and then pack it. She says, no, I got to pack it now. I got to go. Okay. And I was like, okay. So she started doing it. I burst out in laughter and she's like, what are you nuts? Why are you laughing? And I said, well, this is my emergency laughter and I need it right now. I love it. <laughs> I love it. This reminds me of this, this story. We were uh, in Mexico recently, and in order to get back to the United States, you had to have a COVID test. And, uh, you know, you had to test negative to get back to the States. So anyway, so we go to the COVID test. I had never had one. And everyone was talking about just how awkward it feels when that Q-tip and how it kind of like, it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I told myself, and I have like low, really low pain tolerance. Not that it was going to be like super painful, but I just... I knew it was not going to be comfortable. So I just told myself that it's going to tickle. And I'm like, this is going to tickle. And so when she's doing it, I just kept telling myself, oh, this tickles, this tickles. And then I kind of giggled. And then afterwards, my boyfriend was like, how was it? I go, I don't know. I just thought it kind of tickled. I'm sure it didn't really tickle, but because I like mentally took myself to that place, I didn't have to feel the uncomfort, right? So I love that you call that like your emergency laughter. I love it. I think we all need to implement that in our lives. So your book is called uh, Walk from Florida to New York. Right. And the subtitle is what I said at the beginning, right? It's not about the miles. It's all about the smiles. So here you are, you decide, you make this decision, which some people would probably call crazy. I call it phenomenal, but we can talk about if we think it's crazy or phenomenal or not. You walked 2,000 miles from Florida to New York. Yes. Tell us why. Well, you know, it's a funny thing because I was going to do a video in Washington, D.C., and the video was Smile and Wave America, we love you. So I had a van. I was going to take my van. I was going to drive out there to Washington, D.C., and I was going to find people. I was going to gather them up. People were going to fly in or walk in or whatever they did. You know, they were going to meet me there. We were all going to do this together. Right. So one day I walk out of my my house. I'm standing in the driveway and I'm looking around. I'm going, where the heck's my van? Somebody took my van. (laughs) Oh, straight from your driveway? From my driveway. Holy moly. The funny thing is, is 10 minutes before I had put something in my van because I was going to go to work. I put something in my van and I walked back into the house, walked back out 10 minutes later. <laughs> oh, so now what? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I sat there in the driveway and I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> so it took me about 15 minutes and I said, you know what? Nothing's going to stop me from going to do this video. It was it was so powerful to me because, you know, I get to say, you know, smile away, America, you know, we love you. And but I couldn't go now because my van's gone. How am I going to get there? Right. Oh, I'll walk. I was like, OK, I'll walk. Yeah. 
So I told my friends, you know, I called my friends up and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm leaving for Washington, D.C. tomorrow and I'm going to go walk because somebody took my van. And they're like, what? Are you freaking nuts? Um, and I said, yeah, a little bit, but that's OK. Thank you. So anyway, I, Florida. where are you right now? I was in, in Wellington, Florida. Florida. OK, Wellington, okay. Florida. So, where is that in the, Florida? For the people who don't know what Wellington is, uh, think of Boca Raton. OK. OK. Or Miami. Miami's a little further south than, you know, about 30 miles south. So south right around that area. South Florida. South Florida. You, you can't know. get more south in the United States, right? right? <laughs> I don't think anyway. Then like well, Key West, but you well, know, Key West. Yeah. Okay. That's another story. Um, Different, but okay. Yeah. So you're you're South Florida. Okay. Yeah, I'm way South Florida. So anyway, you know, I just decided I was going to do that, and they're like telling me I'm nuts and that I can't go, and that you know they tried to do an intervention on me. They kept me there for like three weeks by telling me you got to go to this event. It's my birthday, you know, just whatever excuse I could think of to keep me from going, thinking that, you know, the longer they delay me, I'm going to change my mind. Well, they found my van. I gave it to my roommate because I knew if I had the van, I would drive. Right. So I'm just going to listen to a guy that drives to Washington, D.C. to do that, that video. But somebody who walks, hmm, different animal. So right. I had $200 in my pocket. Okay. okay. I had no plan as to where I was going to eat, where I was going to sleep, or what I was going to do in a day. And I started walking. I mean, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> One, let's just start with the obvious. You okay. $200. $200. How did you make it work financially? Well, you know, with $200, there's not many places you can go and not spend it in a day. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I just... I guess you could say I made it stretch. You know, I took that $200 and I said to the universe, I call it the universe and people can call it God or, you know, whatever you want to, you know, name it. And then I said, okay, just take me there, get me there. Let me have a good time and keep me dry. Okay. Let me eat. Cause you've got to remember, I got to eat and I got to sleep somewhere with this $200. Okay. So with $200, how many days do you think I slept outside? I can't even imagine. Because... I was on the road for 277 days. So almost a year. Yeah, nine months. Nobody funded you? You didn't get any other outside funding? Very little. There was people that would come up to me and I'd be talking to them and, and you know, they would press money into my hands. And at first I, I turned it away and said, no, 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 I'm fine. And then, you know, I had one gentleman that he pressed a hundred dollar bill into my hand and he says, take this, please. You will help us and it will help you. And I went, okay. And from then on, when people did it, I, I went ahead and did it. But it was it was not a ton of money that I received during this time. So did you stay with people? Did you, I mean, obviously you slept outside as you indicated. How many, how many days did I sleep outside? How many, did you sleep outside 274 days? Nope. None. A little lower. Zero. Yes. You're kidding. No. <laughs> so how did you make that happen? You talk to people. You know, the, the thing is, is that number one thing is you're honest with people. Okay. Don't make up a story. Don't say, well, I'm doing this and, and that and other, you know, just what happens is when we're in a situation like that, a lot of times we want to elaborate and make it bigger than what it actually is. I just told people, listen, I'm, I'm walking from here to Washington, D.C. And then when I made the decision to go to New York, OK, I really wasn't sure that I was going to New York. 
I said, here, I'm, I'm, I did a walk from Washington, D.C., and now I, I'm heading north. I don't know where I'm going to wind up, but I know that, you know, at that time they had the hurricane that came through. I said, I want to help people with the hurricane. And I just happened to wind up in Manhattan, New York. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. The so, power of connection is so yes. real, right? Yeah. And I love this on so many levels. In my book, I talk about happiness is built on three pillars, your character, your connection, community. Mm -hmm. And so it, this is a great example of really tapping into connections and connecting with yeah. people and why that's so important. Yeah, That's absolutely incredible. And, the, you know, you obviously... You're going to, initially, you're going to D.C. for this smile and wave mm -hmm. across America, right? It, does this become like a international day, smile and wave America day? Well, I, I did try to make a smile and wave day, okay? Mm -hmm. But what I found out is getting it on a real calendar costs $3 billion. <laughs> so I decided, you know what? I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> so I got a couple of towns around here to make it Smile and Wave Day, August 26th, which is my birthday. Um, ah. I said, hey, everybody should smile and wave on my birthday. So they, they did grant that to me. August 26th is uh, Smile and Wave Day in a couple of towns down here. So. <laughs> well, let's make it in more than one town. So how, yeah. how can people participate on August 26th? Like, what is it that we can do? What I ask people to do is just to go out and when they run into people and things like that, you know, that just go, hey, you know, my name is whatever your name is. I say, my name is Eddie. This is what I do. How can I help you? And share something good with them. When you talk to them and have a conversation, find something that will help uplift them, you know, or teach them something that's going to help them in their lives and leave them the best that you can leave them. You know, when you say goodbye, make it a great experience for yourself and for them. And that's how you celebrate Smile and Wave Day. You know, just by making people to smile, waving goodbye, waving hello, how you doing? You know, and just, just doing something tremendous in the life of the person that you're talking to or people that you're talking to and make it tremendous for yourself. I absolutely love this. And I think that I grew up in Nebraska. So little Midwest girl, we yeah, wave at everybody. <laughs> we say hi to everybody. Yes. We talk to everybody. <laughs> and I found, you know, now living in Florida, when I go for runs, I wave, I actually do like the peace sign. I kind of flip it like this and I'm just like, yeah. peace. You know, but I wave at every single car and every single person that comes by and it's not reciprocated all the time, which is totally fine. It's yeah. not about getting it back. It's just about like, I think just recognizing like, hey, you're on the street. I'm on this street. Happy day. You know? Happy day. <laughs> Happy day. And well, so I think we could all do more of that in oh, just yes. everyday lives. Now, it's funny because you talk about that. When I was walking up to up to New York, okay, well, Washington, then New York, what I did was I walked opposite of traffic. Yes. Yes. So, you know, I'm going north, traffic's coming south, and I'm smiling, waving at all the cars, you know. Wow. And then, you know, a few of the cars, not many, but a few of the cars had this one finger smile. I didn't quite understand. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, I was like... Okay, your other That's fingers fine. are broken. I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> go get it fixed, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was it was great. I mean, it was a tremendous trip. And, you know, but like, like I said, 
when you only have $200 in your pocket, you kind of have to go with what people allow you to, to go to. You know, I mean, I talked to a lot of hotels mm-hmm. and, you know, I told them what exactly what I was doing, exactly, you know, I would, didn't deviate from any of it. I said, I'm walking from here to there and, you know, I'm doing it for happiness awareness, go to my website, check it out, you know. And so they did. And so they, you know, a lot of them said, yes, I mean, 277 days worth. But anyway, when they did that, you have to stay at the places they say yes. Okay, so I, I kind of had to suffer a little bit. You know, I, I don't know if you, you've heard of Lowe's Hotels. Oh, oh, L-O-E-W-S. Yeah. Yes, I've Those, heard of them. Yep. Lowe's Hotels. And, and the Aloft is another five-star hotel. Yeah, I love Aloft, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I had to say it more lonely hotels like the Hilton, the Marriott, you know, blue-green properties. <laughs> Those, yeah, Homewood Suites, you know, I had to stay there. And like eating. eating. I had to eat at Roos Chris. You know? I mean, such a bummer. I know, Joe's Crab Shack. And I had to <laughs> chef-owned restaurants and, and, you know, things like that. Private seafood houses, private steakhouses. You know, it was, it was rough. So I know it's a joke, but you know, another one of those bad jokes. Uh, but man, yes, I did stay there. <laughs> so it's, uh, no, it's one of those things that... That's awesome. Thank you. It, it's like, it's <laughs> it like, was fun. Yeah, it's like kindness on a whole different level too. You know, people showing oh, yes, kindness, like those hotels yeah. and restaurants showing kindness to you. <laughs> what is the yeah. most surprising thing that happened to you during those two thousand miles? Oh my gosh, <laughs> the whole thing. I mean, it was. I think probably the most surprising thing that happened was I was I was in um, oh, where was it? I was in Virginia. Okay. And I asked some people, I said, how do I get to Highway 50, I think it was. And they said, well, you go to the stop sign here and you make a left. And so I said, okay, fine. You know, so I'm walking up to the stop sign and my, my intuition is telling me, turn right. And I'm like, turn right, you know? And I was like, okay, fine, I'll turn right. You know, and I listened to my intuition the whole way. Mm-hmm. And so when I got there, I hadn't had vitamins and minerals for, for a couple of months. And I wanted some. And so I turned right and there's a GNC and I was like, oh, wow, cool. Okay, let me, let me go into the GNC and talk to the people there. So I talked to them. The lady went nuts. And she started giving me coconut water, you know, vitamins, and, you know, all this stuff. And she gave me women's vitamins. And I said, oh, wait, wait a second here. I'm not going to get pregnant, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> and she's like, no, no, there's only one ingredient. It's not the same. So I was like, okay, cool. So anyway, I left there and I thought, okay, now I turn left, right? So, no, my intuition says keep going right. So I went into the parking lot and I saw a cop. And so I went to chase down the cop and say, hey, how do I get to this road going right? So he, he parked and I walked up to him. He's on the phone. And I said, how do I get to, you know, Highway 50 going right? And he says, you don't. I was like, well, I need, you know, my intuition says I got to go right. So, you know, I got to get there somehow going right. And he said, let me ask you something. He said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm, I'm walking to Washington. I was walking to Washington at that time. He said, I'm walking to Washington, D.C. And he, he says that into the phone. And then he says, my wife wants to know why you're walking to Washington, D.C. I said, well, I'm walking for happiness awareness. And I want to do a video. So smile and wave America. We love you. And he says, he talks to his wife. And he says, my wife says that we should bring you home, feed you dinner, and then drop you off wherever you need to go tomorrow. Awesome. I was like, Cool. All because you followed your intuition. Yeah. 
Oh, it was such a blast going over there. I mean, they were a really good family. They had a couple of dogs and a daughter that had a friend over. We all had a blast. You know, then the next morning I ate dinner with no breakfast with like 15 cops. And I told them all not to stop me for speed walking. (laughs) (laughs) Or jaywalking. (laughs) There you go. So and then they dropped me off. So I guess that was one of the most amazing things. But I guess the murderer, he was pretty amazing. So it was a guy with a gun and a knife. No, Um, you're kidding. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah, I I walked 15 blocks with a guy that was convicted for murder. Um, Amazing, amazing story this guy has. You can see it on my YouTube channel. And then I also um, had a guy, I, was, I got a ride because it was lightning out. Mm-hmm. I had to get to the hotels. Okay. And what happened was when I got in the car with the guy, I got into a truck with him. When he turned the corner, he had to make a U-turn. As soon as he made the U-turn, he looked at me and he says, please don't do anything to make me shoot you. <gasps> and I was like, okay, <laughs> I won't. <laughs> Listen, I'm the happiness guy. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> And uh, he, he looked at me again, really deadpan serious. And he said, please don't do anything to make me shoot you. And then he takes a gun from between his legs and he shows it to me. And I looked at him and I said, don't worry, man. I'm the happiness guy. I'm not going to make you shoot me. And I'm Cuban. So I use my hands a lot. So if I'm doing this. Don't, I'm not attacking you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Incredible so, story. Yeah, and that's in my book, you know, the, and the, the other guy too, the guy with the, the murders in my book. The one I don't have in my book is, is the guy with the knife. You know, he was scraping a knife on his face telling me that he trains uh, the military on how to kill people. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I can't even imagine being in some of those situations. So if they want to hear more stories, they can go check out your book. Where can they get a copy of your book? They can go to Amazon. It's on Amazon. And they can also go to my website, which is www.thesmileandwaveproject.com. Awesome. And there's a lot of great info on there, uh, as well as your story. So thank you so much for being on Unlocking Happiness. I have one last question for you. And it is a two part question. And the first part of that question is, if you only had seven more days left to live, what would you do? Travel. And if you only had the second part of that is if you only had seven more days left to live, but you were in a debilitated state, so you could only lay in a bed and essentially die. You couldn't get up to use the restroom. You can't walk. You can't even feed yourself. So you're not able to travel. What would you do? I would do the very best that I could if I if I was able to to get on a Zoom call and tell people, hey, you know what? Doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Stay happy to the end. Take that smile and take it into the next life. I love it. Stay happy to the end. Great advice for everyone. And smile because you're happy and be happy because you smile. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, one more point. Yeah. If you you don't mind, I'm actually doing a dancing with cancer happiness tour. Awesome. Tell us about that. Where can we get more information? Uh, on my website, go to my website, check it out. Um, you see a little thing at the top about dancing with cancer. Uh, I've got stage four colon cancer. Okay. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to take this trip on the road because I can't, you know, I, I don't think I want to walk again. I probably could, 
uh, but I want to make sure that everything's going to be okay and that I have a way to get someplace if I need to. So I'm going to different places and I'm going to do the same thing that I did on my trip when I walked is I'm going to bring happiness and joy to the road. And just whoever I talk to, you know, just share some things where I can make them smile. Even if I make them smile for 15 minutes, 15 seconds, doesn't matter. At least I got the smile there and I planted a seed to keep smiling. So that's that's one of the things that I'm doing. So Awesome. You are an incredible human being. Thank you for everything that you do in this world. If there were more Eddies in this world, (laughs) we'd be a more happy world but also a world that is smiling from ear to ear. So thank you so, so much for all that you do and uh, for all the work that you put into making this a happier, happier world. So thanks for being on the show. And thank you, because I know the work that you do is absolutely amazing. I mean, we're doing the same work. You're bringing so many smiles, so much joy, so much happiness, so many things, tools, that people can use to have a better life. And that that is fantastic. You're just an amazing woman. Oh, thank you so much. It's so, so appreciated. And one more time, where can they find you? www.thesmileandwaveproject.com. Awesome. Thank you for unlocking happiness with us today. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to Unlocking Happiness. I hope you loved the show. And if you did, post a link to your social media, tag a friend, and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Help spread more happiness in the world by leaving us a review. If you would like to learn more about what we do, visit choose-happy.me. And if you want to be a future guest, click on the podcast tab to learn more. If you know someone that would be a great guest, Tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Unlocking Happiness with Amy Dix. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and hit subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me or join our Facebook group called The Happiest Group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix, and we will see you next time.